This week's Parsha is Parsha's Mikates, and we are going to start our shir in chapter 43, verse number 11. But first we are going to give a quick synopsis of our Parsha. Yosef is a slave in Egypt and interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh raises him to be a viceroy, and Yosef interprets the dreams that's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. When the years of famine start, Yaakov sends his ten sons to get food from Egypt. He leaves behind Binyamin because he's afraid that something is going to happen to Binyamin. The brothers come to Egypt and Yosef recognizes them, but they do not recognize Yosef. Yosef accuses them for being spies and they tell Yosef that they have one brother still in Eretz Canaan with their father. Yosef takes Shimon and puts him in jail until they bring that brother to prove that what they are saying is true. When they come back to the land of Canaan, they tell Yaakov what Yosef said. Yaakov refuses to send Binyamin initially because he's afraid that something bad is going to happen to Binyamin. Eventually, because of the famine, Yaakov is swayed by Yehuda after Yehuda vouches for Binyamin to send Binyamin to get more food from Egypt. And here in verse 11, the Torah describes what Yaakov said to the brothers before they went down to Egypt. Yaakov, their father, tells them, and Yaakov tells the nine brothers, since Shimon is in jail and Binyamin is there still, if that is so, Zois Asu, this is what you must do, meaning if it as you are describing the situation or as Yehuda is guaranteeing, then this is what you must do. Khu take Mizimras Ores from the Zimras of the land. We are going to translate soon what is the meaning of the word Zimras. Bichlechem in your vessels, Voiridula Ish Mincha, and take to the man, meaning to Yosef, attribute. What should they take? Me'at, sorry, a little bit of balsam. Me'at, dvash, a little bit of honey. Nechois, Rashi says, it's wax. Veloit, and lotus. Botnim, pistachios, ushkedim, and almonds. And then the verse number 12 continues and says that they should take double the money in their hand and the money that was given back in your backpacks take also back. Could be it was a mistake. The simple interpretation of the word Zimras would be from the word Zmora, which means a vine or a branch, as it's written in Parsha Shlach, Bamidbar chapter 13, verse number 23, that when the spies came to the river Eshkol, it's written there, Vayichir they caught a vine, and one cluster of grapes, which then would mean that they should take from the Zimras or is from the twigs of the land, from the vines of the land. And this interpretation could apply to the word Tzori, to the word Balsam, because as we see in Pitum Aktoiris, on the portion that we read about Aktoiris, it says that never Gamliel had Tzori that the Tzori is the sap, that drips from the Balsam tree, and that is what Yaakov sent the Tzori, a little bit of Tzori, a little bit of balsam. Then we could say that he gave a vine or a twig that had the sap on it for Yosef. But some of the rest of the things that Yaakov sent to Yosef, 
do not have any twigs or any vines. For example, ma'at dvash, a little bit of honey, noichois, wax, they don't have any twigs or any vines. Therefore, we can't really translate the word zimras from the twigs or from the vines. Rashi says that zimras aores is as the targumoi, as the targum explains, which the targum explains that the meshabach ba'ara, something that is praised on the land, meaning praised in Eretz Yisrael. Rashi explains what does it mean that zimras. Rashi says, shahakol mezamrim alav, it's a species that everybody sings about it, keshobal oilam, when he arrives to the world, meaning when this species arrives, then everybody is happy about it, and everybody sings about it, and therefore this is what you should bring to Yosef, something from Zimras Oretz, something that people praise on the land, something that people are happy about it, on the land, and sing about it. Which means that balsam, honey, wax, lotus, pistachios, and almonds are something that you sing about. Interesting that Yaakov did not send any of the Shiva Saminim, any of the seven species of Eretz Yisrael, since if he's sending something that people sing about, and clearly Hashem praised Eretz Yisrael for these seven species, we would have expected Yaakov to send those species to Egypt, to Yosef, and this would be the species that is Zimras Oretz. But yet we see that Yaakov sent different species to Yosef. We could answer very simply that those Shiva Saminim, those seven species, did not grow in the year of famine. True that they are also considered Zimras Ares, things people sing about in Eretz Israel, since they are the seven species that Hashem praises Israel with, but could be that since it was a year of famine, they required to have more water or more different things for it to grow, and they didn't grow in this year of famine. Therefore, Yaakov sent other things that are also called Zimrasores that people sing about, and therefore he only sent the balsam, the honey, the wax lotus, pistachios, and almonds. Sefer Avnechein brings in the name of the Lekute Maharan Tinyana that Mizimrasores, that when Yaakov says to bring from the Zimras of the land, he meant Menigune Eretz Israel that they should bring to Yosef songs of Eretz Israel. And according to this Likuti Maran, we have to say that Zimra Sa'aretz is not connected to what is written later. Because later on the verse says that you should bring to the man a tribute, a little bit of balsam, a little bit of honey, wax, lotus, pistachios, and almonds. So these clearly are not songs of the land. So therefore we have to say that the verse means to say two different things. The verse means to say, this you should do, take from the songs of the land in your vessels, meaning bring the songs of Israel and the vessels, we could say, the, the musical vessels. And then separately, you should take a tribute to the man, to Yosef, which is a little bit of balsam, a little bit of honey, wax, lotus, pistachios, and almonds. And the beginning of the verse means something completely different than what is described in the end of the verse. In fact, if you take a look at the verse, the verse seems to flow better according to the Lekute Maharan, that these are two distinct things, than according to Rashi. Because according to Rashi, the verse should have just said the following way. 
אם כן איפה איזוי ססוי, ודעתי סור, this is what you do, הורידו לו איש מנחה מזמרה סוארץ בקריכם, bring to a man attribute from the songs of the land in your vessels, meaning bring the tribute from the things that the land is praised, and then describe afterwards what are the things that the land is praised with. Or, he should have said the other way around. Take from the praiseworthy thing of the land in your vessels a little bit of balsam, a little bit of honey, wax, lotus, pistachios, and almonds. And bring this down to a man as a tribute. Why does the verse split in the middle of to the description of what Zimras Ares is? They should either say, bring the tribute to the man from the Zimras Ares, from the species that people sing in the land and describe the species, or bring from the things that people sing in the land, describe the species, and then finish off by saying, take this to the man as a tribute. Why the split in the middle? That seems to imply a little bit like the Lekute Maran, that they are two distinct things. Zimra Soaretz is one thing, and Matzoi, Matvash, is a different thing. But interesting that Avnechein does not bring why the Lekute Maran would say that Yaakov told them to bring the songs of Israel, how that is going to help their case. We could simply say that from the lyrics of the songs of Eretz Yisrael, Yosef could see what kind of character the people of Eretz Yisrael has, meaning that Yaakov's songs probably weren't your regular kinds of songs. They were very lofty songs, and could be by just singing those lofty songs, that would influence the spirit of Yosef, or Yosef would recognize from the lyrics how special those people are, or what character those people who are singing have, and therefore Yosef would know that they didn't come to spy the land, and they didn't come to attack and destroy Egypt. Or you could say simply that since we know that song lightens up the mood, therefore Yaakov was telling the brothers that when they come in front of Yosef, they should start singing the songs of Eretz Yisrael, which is songs that the children of Yaakov knew, like that, automatically the mood will be lightened and Yosef wouldn't act as harshly towards them. Or we could say that typical of the Lekute Maran, which Lekute Maran always rebukes somebody who is sad, somebody who is in Moresh Choyre, somebody who is depressed, and he always says that the person is required to be besimcha, to be happy. And Yaakov realized that the brothers are going to a situation where Simcha is very hard to be in, meaning that's a situation where it's very hard to be happy. Therefore, Yaakov was telling the brothers that you want to go down to Egypt, you have to make sure first that take the songs of Israel in your vessels. In your vessels means inside your body, meaning that whenever you are dealing with Yosef, you are dealing with these sad situations, you are dealing with harsh situations, you should always make sure that in your mind you are singing the songs of Eretz Yisrael, like that this will bring on you a simcha, like that you will be successful. Because you will only be successful in dealing with anybody if you are besimcha. If you are not happy, you are not besimcha, you won't be successful. Therefore Yaakov is saying, Take the songs of Israel in your vessels, because otherwise the word Kleichem is very hard to understand. Where else do you want them to take the fruits, if not 
in their vessels. Clearly, all the fruits go in the vessels. So what does Yaakov have to say? Beklechem your vessels. But now that we translate Klechem in their kalem, meaning in their bodies, then could be that this is what Yaakov meant by bringing the songs of Eretz Yisrael. Sefer Orgeulas Yisrael brings the Lekute Marani. He says also that they are supposed to bring Mezimras Eretz Yisrael, means from the songs of Eretz Yisrael. But he explains what kind of songs are we talking about. And he answers that since in Perek Shira it's written that every blade of grass, everything that is created, sings Shira, sings a song to Hashem. So you're supposed to bring the songs that come from those species related further in the verse, which is a little bit of balsam, wax, lotus, pistachios, and almonds. Even according to this interpretation, we'll have to understand why did Yaakovino specifically send these species, meaning the songs that relate to these species. What's so special about these species that Yaakov decided to send? Sefer Shemeroish answers this question first by bringing a Kedushas Levi in Parshas Bamidbar. In Parshas Bamidbar, chapter 1, verse number 19, Hashem there gives a commandment to Moshe Rabbeinu that he should count the Jewish people. And the verse there says that Kasher Tzivo Hashem as Moshe, as Hashem has commanded Moshe, them and he counted them Bamidbar Sinai. In truth, the Kedushas Levi asks that this verse does not make sense. The verse would only make sense if it's written in the other way around, meaning that it should be written Vayifkedem Bemidbar Sinai, that he counted them in the desert of Sinai, Kasher Tzivo Hashem as Moshe, like Hashem has commanded Moshe. But writing down first, like Hashem has commanded Moshe, and he counted them in Midbar Sinai, like Hashem commanded Moshe, does not make sense. What is he talking about? Therefore, the Kedusha Slavi says that it's known from Sefer Chesed Lavrom, my embrace, nor Yud Aleph, that every soul of a Jewish person is equivalent to a letter of the Torah. Because the word Israel is an acronym, Yesh Shishim Riboy Oisos Torah, that there are 600,000 letters in the Torah, and there are about 600,000 Jews, which makes every Jew equivalent to a letter of the Torah. Therefore, says the Kedushas Levi, that since every Jew is equivalent to a letter of the Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu was counting the Jew, then he saw every Jew and he saw every letter of the Torah, then he remembered the whole Torah that he was given to him, meaning that he was able to read the Torah that was given to him at Sinai by counting every Jew, by looking at the Jew and seeing his source in the Torah. Therefore, he was able to learn the Torah by counting the Jews. And therefore it says, Kasher Tzivo Hashem es Moshe, as Hashem has commanded Moshe, meaning as Hashem commanded the Torah to Moshe in Sinai, which is the Torah itself, that is what he counted, the Midbar Sinai. So it's written in the verse to tell you that when Moshe Rabbeinu was counting the Jews, he was actually learning the Torah and reading the Torah because every Jew has a letter which is equivalent to his letter in the Torah and therefore by counting them you are able to remember them. Therefore it's written, Kashet Siva Hashem as Moshe, as Hashem has commanded Moshe Rabbeinu, so was he able to read when Vayifkedem Bemidbar Sinai when he counted them in the desert of Sinai. Sefer Shemrush continues that based on this Kedusha Slevi we see that every Jew has a certain connection to his letter in the Torah meaning that every Jew has a place and connection to a letter in the Torah. And he brings from the Rav Rebbe that we see that this idea is true, because the Rav Rebbe, all the days of his life, was involved in the mitzvah of Sukkah, 
There wasn't a day that went by that he didn't learn about the sukkah, that he didn't innovate something about sukkahs, or he didn't do something physically in his sukkah. And he explained that the reason why that is so is that because his letter is in the parsha of sukkah, meaning that his letter is in that parsha, therefore he feels a need, a desire, a connection to that parsha, to that mitzvah, and therefore he does the mitzvah sukkah. And that's why we see sometimes different people are more connected to certain mitzvahs than other people, meaning that a person has a connection to a specific mitzvah, it must be that since his neshama is connected to that letter in the Torah that talks about the mitzvah that the person likes, therefore he has a desire to perform that mitzvah, he has a connection to that mitzvah, and he explains that this is not only in spiritual things, this could also be in physical things, meaning that a lot of times we see that a person has got good muzzle, because could be that his letter is connected to words that have good muzzle, and a lot of people have bad muzzle, they are poor, because it could be connected to words in the Torah that involve poorness, or he says that certain times people get involved and like the work that they do, and could be that since, for example, if his name is involved in precious stones for the Hoshan, then this person would like to work with precious stones, or somebody who likes to work with animals, could be that his Nesham is connected to a word in the Torah that involves animal. And even though a person himself does not see it, but his muzzle, his sixth sense, sees it, and therefore he feels a connection to that. With this idea, Sefer Shemer answers an interesting question on the Gemara in Chulin, Daf Kaf Lamet Tes Omet Base 139b. There the Gemara is discussing certain people that are alluded to in the Torah. Esther Minatoira, how do I know Esther is the Torah? And there, after the Gemara answers this question, the Gemara asks a question, Moshe Minatoira Minaya, how do I know that Moshe Rabbeinu is alluded in the Torah? So the Gemara answers that since it's written in Bereshis chapter 6, verse number 3, where there the verse says, Boyomar Hashem Hashem says, my spirit won't be in man again. The oil on forever. Because he's but flesh. And his days will be 120 years. And the Gemara means to say that since the numerical value of Beshagam is the same numerical value as Moshe, because the base is 2, the Shin is 300, makes it 302, the Gimel is 3, that makes it 305, the Mam is 40, that makes it 345, and the word Moshe is also 345, because the Mam is 40, the Shin is 300, that's 340, and the A is 5. So therefore, the name of Moshe Rabbeinu is alluded in the Torah, because it's written by Shagom Ubasar, because it's but flesh, and it'll be his days 120 years. And the question that Mefarsh asks is, what kind of question is this? Where is Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah? Just open up the Torah from the book of Shmos on, you'll see Moshe Rabbeinu's name planting the Torah. So what does it mean, Moshe Mina Torah Minayin? How do I know Moshe Rabbeinu the Torah? Therefore, Sefer Shem and Rosh explains that the question the Gemara is, where is Moshe Rabbeinu's word in the Torah? Meaning, every Jew has a word in the Torah. The Gemara wants to know, 
Moshe Where is Moshe Rabbeinu's word in the Torah? So the Gemara answers that Moshe Rabbeinu's words is from the verse Beshagam Hu Basar, and therefore because his letter is connected to that verse, he lived to be 120 years. Then Sefer Shemeroj brings the Imre Pinchas in Os Kufpei base, where there the Imre Pinchas, and by the way, also the Arven Nachal in Parsha Shlach, are trying to understand an interesting Gemara in Tmura Daftes Zion, Omet Aleph 16a. There the Gemara says that Omar Rav Yudomarav, Rav Yudha says in the name of Rav, Beshosh and after Moshe Rabbeinu Leganeid, and Moshe Rabbeinu, was departing this world to go to Ganeid, meaning right before he went, Amalo Yoshua, Moshe Rabbeinu tells to Yoshua, Shall me many cause fakers, Shayashlecho, please ask me now any uncertainties that you have in regards to Torah law, because now I could answer you. So Yoshua answers, Omar, Rabbi, Rabbi, Kluminach Ticho, Shoachas, Walachti, Lemokam Achar, did I ever leave you alone and went somewhere else? Meaning, didn't you testify about me that in his servant Yeshua would not leave his tent? Which means that everything that you know, I know. Therefore, if you know, then I must know. And therefore, there is no any uncertainties that I could have. The Gemara says that because he was so chutzpahdik towards Moshe Rabbeinu, miyat automatically toshash koichoy shal Yeshua, the Trend of Yeshua waned because he insulted Moshe Rabbeinu. And he forgot 300 alochas, and occurred to him 700 doubts. Meaning that there are certain alochas that there was in doubt now what the alocha really is. And once this happened, the Amdu called Israel Argoi, the old Jewish people wanted to kill Yeshua. So Hashem tells Yoshua to tell you those uncertainties or to tell you these halachas, I can't. But you know what? Keep them busy if war like that, they won't forget about these halachas and these uncertainties. The Gemara continues, Omar Rabavu, Rabavu says, Afa Piken, even though Yoshua forgot these halachas, Hechziron Asniya Ben Knaz Mitoch Pilpuloi. Asniya Ben Knaz was able to bring those back through his Talmudic analysis he was able to take this back. Shanemar, because it's written in Yoshua chapter 15, verse number 16 and 17, that Kolev, that Kolev says, Ashayakes Kirya Sefer, anybody who is going to smite Kirya Sefer Lokado and conquer it, Venosatiloy, then I'll give as Achso Biti Leisha, my daughter Achso as a wife. And the verse continues and says, Vayel Kida. Asniel ben Knaz, Achi Kolev, the Asniel ben Knaz, the brother of Kolev, was able to conquer it, Vaiten loy as Achso Bitoy, and I gave to him Achso, his daughter, Leisha, as a woman. So the Gemara says that since it's written by Ilkeda, that Asniel ben Knaz was able to conquer Kiryat Sefer, from here we see that Asniel ben Knaz was able to get the Torah back through his people. And the Arven Nachal, and the same thing the Pinchas are asking, what connection is this to the idea that Asiya Beknaz was able to get back? How do we see from here, from the fact that he was able to conquer Kiryat Sefer, that he was able to bring back those analyses that were forgotten, or those halachas that were forgotten, that he was able to bring them back through his learning? 
Therefore, the Imre Pinchas and the Avanochel explain that since we know that the Torah is a blueprint of creation, meaning it's Takal Boraise, Bona Alma, Hashem looked at the Torah and created the world, and specifically the world started in Eretz Israel, then every pace of Eretz Israel is connected to a certain mitzvah in the Torah, to certain learning of the Torah, and therefore a person could not conquer Eretz Israel unless he learned those halachas pertaining to that particular place of Eretz Israel. Therefore, he explains that we see that when they went to fight against the eye in Yeshua chapter 8, verse number 13, it's written there, Vayolon Yeshua Balaylahu Betoch Ha'emek, that Yeshua was there overnight, Betoch Ha'emek, in the valley. And the Gemara in Erevin, Tafsamach Gimel, Matbay 63b, writes down, Omar Rabbi Yochanan says, Melamed, from they will learn, Shalon, Ba'amko Shalacha, that he was learning the Omek, the deafness of Alacha. Meaning that since Yeshua is going to conquer the city of Ai the next day, Yeshua was learning things that Yeshua knew connected to Ai, that every place of Eretz Israel is connected to certain Alachas in the Torah, certain parts of the Torah. And therefore, the Pinchas explains that the Jewish people came to Kiryat Sefer and they wanted to conquer Kiryat Sefer, but they realized that they can't conquer Kiryat Sefer because Kiryat Sefer has to do with the halachas that were forgotten when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. And therefore, since they couldn't learn those halachas, they didn't have the power and the insight to conquer Kiryat Sefer. And therefore, Kalaf Ben offered that he's going to give his daughter to whoever conquers Kiryat Sefer. And then Asniel ben Knas came through his pupil, through his Talmudic insights, through his learning, and he was able to recreate those halachas that refer to Kiryat Sefer. Therefore, Asniel ben Knas was able to conquer Kiryat Sefer and marry Kalaf ben Yefuna's daughter. So Rabbi Yechna says that Asniel ben Knas was able to recreate those halachas through his pupil, through his Talmudic insight, and he brings proof from that verse, because since only Osniel ben Knoss was able to conquer Kiryat Sefer, that means that Osniel ben Knoss was able to come about those halachas that have to do with Kiryat Sefer, and those are the halachas that were forgotten when Moshe Rabbeinu passed away. So therefore, he was able to recreate it, and he was able to conquer it. So the verse that says that he was able to conquer, obviously refers that he was able to learn the halachas, and therefore, he was able to conquer that place. So it comes out, according to this, that Eretz Israel is equivalent to the whole Torah, meaning that every place of Eretz Israel is equivalent to a single letter of the Torah, every neighborhood is equivalent to a subject, every town to a portion of the Torah, and the whole Eretz Israel is equivalent to the whole book of the Torah. According to this, Sefer Shemeroish wants to explain the verse in Dvarim chapter 11, verse number 12. There, in Pasha Zekev, it's written, Eretz Asher Hashem Akecho Shoisa, that Eretz Yisrael is a land that Hashem seeks out, Tomit Eni Hashem Akecho Ba, that always the eyes of Hashem are on it, Meresh Shana from the beginning of the year, Vad Achris Shana, until the end of the year. And it's bothered by the language, the land that Hashem Doire Shoisa, that Hashem seeks out. Doiresh is not really seeks out, Doirish is in a way of expounding, darshaning. So what does it mean, Doirish Oisa? But according to what Sefer Shemeroish now says, that in Eretz Yisrael, 
is equivalent to the Torah. That means that when you look at Eretz Yisrael, you are able to learn the Torah. So then it fits very well. Because Eretz Yisrael is a land Asher Hashem Aleikecha that Hashem himself darshans the land, meaning we know that Hashem learns the Torah, so Hashem is darshaning the land of Eretz Yisrael. How is Hashem darshaning the Torah? Because Tomit ain't Hashem because Hashem always has his eyes on Eretz Yisrael, from the beginning of the year, until the end of the year, and since Hashem always has his eyes on Eretz Yisrael, then Eretz Yisrael is equivalent to the Torah, meaning that every place of Eretz Yisrael is equivalent to something in the Torah, either a parsha or a portion, or a whole section or a locha. then by Hashem looking at Eretz Yisrael, Hashem is learning the Torah. Therefore, Eretz Yisrael is a land, Asher Hashem that Hashem expounds it. Hashem is always expounding the Torah by looking at Eretz Yisrael, and through that, automatically is expounding the Torah. Sefer Shem Erosh continues and says that even though we say that Eretz Yisrael is equivalent to the Torah, but parts of Chutzlaretz also we have to say that were created from the Torah. Because since it's written in the Madrash, in Bereshis Rabbe, Parsha Aleph, Simon Aleph, is tackled by Raisa, Ibor Alma, that Hashem looked in the Torah and he created the world, that means that all the parts of the world, the whole world is somewhat connected to the Torah. And according to this, he explains, now we can understand the Gemorian Kedushin, Daf Memtes Amet Beis 49b. There the Gemara says, that Asoro Kabim Ashirus Yordiloilam, ten measures of richness came down to the world, Tisha Notl Roimim, the Romans took nine portions, and the rest of the world took one portion of wealth. And we have to understand why the Romans got nine portions of wealth and the rest of the world only got one. And he explains that since the Romans were connected to the posuk that has to do with wealth, therefore they got the extra measure of wealth. Whereas the rest of the world was not connected to that verse, therefore the rest of the world got only one measure. And so too, when the Gemara continues and says that Asara Kabim Znus Yordul Oilam, that ten measures of immorality came down to the world, Tisha Notlu Arabia, that nine measures of immorality was taken by the Arabian lands, and one portion was given to the rest of the world. And the question again is why did Arabia get such a huge portion of immorality? And he answers that since Arabia was connected to the mitzvah of Arroyos, to the parsha that's written, all the illegal relationships, all the immoralities. Therefore, it has most to do with Arroyos, has most to do with immorality, and therefore it took a greater portion of immorality. In the same way that we explained previously that a person who is connected to a certain mitzvah, he gets more of that mitzvah, like we explained from the Rapshitzer that he was involved in mitzvah sukkah because his letter was connected to mitzvah sukkah, he was more involved in mitzvah sukkah than anybody else. So too, because the in creation, the Romans were connected to wealth, and Arabia was connected to immorality, therefore they get more of this than the whole world. They are more attuned to it, they are more affined to it than the whole world. And that is exactly the meaning of Rashi in Bamidbar chapter 13, verse number 19, where then Pasha Shlach 
Moshe Rabbeinu tells the spies, take a look, the land, what is it? And the nation that honored a Chazaku, if he's strong, or he's weak, is if you, Imrav, or is he numerous? And Rashi is bothered by the verse because the verse you have just said, take a look at the people that are honored, a Chazak who Rafa, if he's strong or weak, is he few or numerous? Why does the verse start, take a look at the land, what it is, what's got to do with the land? And Rashi answers, Yes, Eretz, Magadelas Giborim, there are lands that make strong people grow. The Yes, Eretz, Magadelas Chaloshim, and there are lands that make weak people grow. Yes, Magadelas Uchlosim, there are lands that make a big population. The Yes, Mamamatas Uchlosim, and there are lands that have very small population. And what's the reason? What's the difference between the lands? So, therefore, Sefer Shemiraj explains that the difference between the lands is what connection those lands have to the words of the Torah. Meaning, if it's connected to something about strong people in the Torah, then they'll be strong. If it's connected to something weak in the Torah, then the persons will be weak. The same thing if it's connected to a bracha of having multiplied, then they'll have a lot of people. If it's connected to some curse that they'll die, then they'll have few people. Meaning that we don't have to look at the people, we have to look at the land to find out what source that land has to the Torah. What connection it has to the Torah, automatically we will know if the people are strong or weak, if the people are numerous or few. And according to everything we said now, Sefer Shemeroy says, now we understand why Yaakov Avinu said, take from the songs of the land, and why specifically he picked this species that is written in the verse, balsam, honey, wax, lotus, pistachios, and almonds, because these fruits are connected to simcha, to song and happiness, meaning that Yaakov Avinu knew that the source of those fruits come from the psukim written next to the parsha shira, or next to the parsha of simcha, or next to the parsha of kindness. Therefore, he specifically picked those fruits and those species in order to invoke what they are about. Meaning, that since Yaakovinu saw how sad and depressed the brothers are, and Yaakovinu realized that their sadness and their depression cannot last because that will cause them worse harm. Therefore, Yaakovinu said, we want to change what is happening. We want to help out and change the mood and change the results. Then we should take part of Zimra Saurus, part of these things from the land. And automatically, when Yosef will get them, you'll be able to tap into those things, to the Shira, Zimra and the Simcha, that comes from those fruits, and automatically that will change the heart of Yosef, and Yosef will be merciful to them. And as a matter of fact, we see that right after Yosef gets those fruits, eventually there is peace between the brothers, and there is simcha, and everything works out. Because this was a great skula to get to that place. And according to what Sefer Shem and Rosh mentions, we could now also answer the question that we asked on the Lekute Maran, we asked that according to Sefer Orgulas Israel, the songs that Yaakovinu told the brothers to sing 
are the songs that these species that are written in this verse sing. And we asked why specifically did he pick this species. Now we could answer, because since these species are as gula, that they are going to bring happiness, that they are going to bring mercy, therefore specifically the songs of these species are valuable because they will invoke that connection that they have to the Torah of happiness and mercy, and that will transform the whole atmosphere in Egypt. Based on what Sefer Shemeroish said until now, Sefer Shemeroish gives another answer, which now gives a different meaning what it means Bezimras Ores from the songs of the land. Meaning, Perek Shiro writes down what every creation praises Hashem with. And in Perek Shiro it writes down what does the earth sing to Hashem. Perek Shiro says that the earth sings to Hashem what is written in Tehillim chapter 24, starting with verse number 1. What does it say there? Lashem ha'oretz umloa. To Hashem is the earth and everything in it. Tevel, the world, the Yoishweva, and those who live in it. Rashi explains that ha'oretz means really Eretz Israel. To Hashem is the land, Eretz Israel, umloa, and everything in it. Tevel, the whole world, the Yoishweva, and those who reside on it. Because the main part of the Torah is in Eretz Israel. Therefore, it says this way. And how do we know that? Because it continues. Kihu al-yamim yesada. Because the world was established in water. Which we know that the Gemarin Tainus, Dav Zayin Amadalov explains that water is exemplified as Torah. Which means that the whole world was established, was founded through Torah. Which means the Torah was the basis of the world. Therefore, Sefer Shemeresh continues, that Yaakov saw that the brothers are reluctant to go to Egypt because they figured that they can't serve Hashem in the same way in Egypt. Therefore, Yaakov says, Take a message from the song of the earth. The song of the earth is that Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laaretz were all created through Torah. That you, when you are in the place in Eretz Yisrael, you are praising Chutz Laaretz, you could get connected to the Torah because they were created through a source in Torah. Therefore, don't be depressed that you have to go down to Egypt. You could just tap in to what the source is. From the song of the earth, you could see that you could tap into that source. Automatically, you'll be connected to Torah even when you are in Egypt. In the same vein, it's brought down by the Imre Das. The Imre Das brings also the idea that Mrizimras Ares take from the song of the earth, which means take a look what the earth sings, which means that the earth sings a praise to Hashem. Lashem Tevel that to Hashem is the earth and everything in it. But he explains it in a little bit different way. He explains that Yaakovin realized that the brothers are terrified of Yosef that they believe that Yosef controls the whole thing. Therefore, Yaakovin was giving them a rebuke and telling them, Khu, take a lesson, Mizimra Sa'aretz, from the song that the earth makes, that Hashem controls even here, even Chutzlaretz. Don't think Hashem only controls Eretz Israel. Hashem controls Tevel Ve'yosheva, even those who are outside of Eretz Israel. So therefore, don't be so petrified about Yosef, Put your reliance on Hashem and automatically you will be successful.
I wanted to add to this idea what is written in Sefer Hanukkah Satoira, where the Sefer Hanukkah Satoira explains that Tshuva, Tfilet, Tzedakah are equivalent to Tzoyim, Koyim, Imamen, meaning repentance is equivalent to fasting, prayer is equivalent to voice, and Tzedakah is equivalent to Mamoin. And each one of them has a numerical value of 136, meaning Tzoyim, fasting, has a numerical value of 136, because the Tzadik is 90, the Vav is 6, the Mem is 40, that's 136. Tfila, prayer, which is coil, which is voice, has also a numerical value of 136, because the Kuf is 100, the Vav is 6, the Lamet is 30, that's 136. And Tzedakah, which is charity, which is Mamoin, which is money, has also the numerical value of 136, because the Mem is 40, the other Mem is 40, that makes it 80, the Vav is 6, that makes it 86, and the Nun is 50, that makes it 136. So if you take 136 times 3, ends up being the numerical value of 408, which means that whenever it's written Zois, which is numerical value 408, it has to do something with Tshuva, with repentance, with Tefillah, with prayer, and with Tzedakah, and with charity, which those things together, or each of those things, Mavirim as Royak Zera, take away the evilness of the decree. So therefore Yaakov Vinu was rebuking his sons and saying, Why are you so afraid? Zoisasu, repent, do tshuva, tefillin, tzedakah, automatically you'll be able to remove the evil decree. And besides that, who mizimra sarets, take from what the earth sings a lesson. Learn from them that you don't have to be afraid of anybody. Hashem controls everything. Even chutz Hashem controls. And if you get this message, automatically you won't be afraid of Yosef and you'll be successful because your alliance will be totally in Hashem. And Hashem Yisbarach should help that we should do Zoisasu, that we should do Tshuva, Tfil and Tzedakah, repent, pray to Hashem and do acts of charity like that will merit to have Moshiach come. The base of Mikdash rebuilt. Bimhera Bayomeno Amen.